the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Good morning. Episode 111 of the Severe MMA podcast is back. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like always, I'm with the Ehrlich Bachman of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, for another week of talk, trivia, discussion, breakdowns. All of that good stuff about MMA, not so much trivia, but we'll get over that. We're going to talk about Cage Warriors card at the weekend. We're going to look back at the Bellator 175 card and ahead to the Bellator uh, New York City card. We're going to look ahead as well to UFC 210, maybe talk a little bit about Invicta. There was a couple of Irish lads fighting out in uh, the UAE this weekend. We're going to just talk a little bit about that as well. And we'll take your questions. Uh, before we do that, Graham, big weekend. Evan, a big weekend of drinking for you. I heard you didn't. You didn't see much of it. You were out of it for the whole. <laughs> Worse than Niall McGrath, I heard. Is that true? Yeah, I was just drinking many a point, possibly thirty. Uh, but uh, as a famous point man like Niall McGrath do. But uh, yeah, I was at a wedding and uh, yeah, I was drinking all day on uh, Saturday, and then there was uh, kind of go to the pub for as part of after to the wedding uh, yesterday. So I was drinking again. Which is uh, when you're when you're old like me, it's it's difficult. Yeah, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. I was sick for most of the weekend, so bad weekend for. Well, it was a good weekend for you, a terrible weekend for me. Bad weekend as well for Niall McGrath, who lost last night to Roman Reigns. So head up this morning, Niall. Hope you're, <laughs> hope you're okay. <laughs> hope all is good. But it was a great, it was a great weekend for football, though. Obviously, please stop that now. Please stop. Did you hear? Did you see actually the Liverpool what? fans chanting about uh, Seamus Coleman's broken leg? Did you see that? About which? Seamus Coleman's broken leg. Did Liverpool oh, really? Show, yeah. Maybe it was because uh, Everton were trying to break all Liverpool players' legs during the game. Oh, so you're you're standing behind them? Is that what you're doing here? You you think no, that chant was good? Is that what, no, that's, that's what you're saying here. You should you should say it was terrible, like it was. I'm saying what I said. I didn't actually see the whole game Scum. to be honest. But I saw the highlights, but uh, there was a lot of bad tackles going in from uh, Ross Barkley and uh, Everton. Ah, sure, proper British football. What's wrong with that? Not sure, Williams even stood on, stamped on somebody, and it was barely mentioned. Yeah, that was bad. In fairness, yeah, I did see that. So, yeah, look, what a great game! The Man United West Brom game, though, was a phenomenal game. Nil nil, you know, no shots. It's good that Darren Fletcher didn't bother kicking the ball in the net that time. That's handy for you. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, let's get to uh, to more Liverpool talk. <laughs> As probably the, the best card of the weekend came on um, in the Echo Arena, I believe it is in Liverpool. Where Cage Warriors eighty two went down, um, as I said, good card. I think it was Cage Warriors' biggest ever show, and it, it went very, very well. I thought some good fights. What I, I saw all the main card anyway, and a couple of the the highlights of the uh, the undercard as well. Pretty great, uh, great card the whole way through. Maybe until you get to the to the main fight, and not that it wasn't a good fight. I thought it was a it was a good fight. You know, not the best fight in the world, but. I don't think Cage Rose would be obviously too happy about it with with Paddy Pimble losing the unanimous decision to to Nadner Manny. Obviously, Paddy Pimble is kind of their golden boy and the one you know that they've been pushing. And there's you know Graham Graham Boylan talked about how you know the great money he's on and everything like that. So they've put a big investment into him. Obviously, with the UFC kind of looking at him as well over the last year or so, and for him to lose, it's obviously um it's a, it's a big blow to them. Do you, would you agree with that or? Uh, look, we talked about it last week. Uh, you know, the, the matchmaking, the, in fairness, like Cage Warriors have been criticised over the last uh, while for, <coughs> for maybe pre- um, protecting guys, but 
And I had Darren Manny, we said it last week, it was, it was a tough matchup and it turned out to be that way. Yeah, it was. He's uh, he's good everywhere and he's very, very strong on top. And uh, Paddy, Paddy Pimbler kept trying to get the single legs, but uh, Darren Manny just would, would kind of ride the position there and land a few shots. And he seen, he had a really good game plan as well. And uh, Manny, he's obviously a really tough guy. He fought for the Cage Warriors belt before against Alex England in a, a close decision. So, yeah, they definitely weren't protecting Paddy with, with that matchup, uh, especially uh, in front of his hometown. You, you, you could nearly understand if they gave him a bit of a, a showcase, but the, but they didn't. And in fairness to Graham Boylan, they put in uh, Nad Naramani, who who uh, is obviously very good and uh, a bad style matchup for Paddy, as approved. And um, Nad got the win and well deserved. Yeah, I think there's like there's been a lot of talk about we'll talk about the fight first I suppose before we, we talk about what, what came after and what came before um, I think it was look I think no, nobody disagrees that, that Naramani uh, definitely won the fight I thought I thought he definitely won the first I thought he definitely won the fourth and fifth the, the fourth was the biggest round for him I think and the, the second and third were close so I was okay with, with all the scores <clears throat> I gave the second to Naramani I just thought he his grappling was a little bit more effective you know Paddy had a lot of grap, you know, a lot of time on the ground in in that round. But Naramani went for the the Kimura, got a sweep, landed on top at one stage, hit a little bit harder as well. I thought the third round was probably the best round for both guys in, in an odd way because Naramani landed the hardest shots of the fight. I'd say in in that round, landed three or four good shots. But Paddy did his best work on the ground in that round and took the back for maybe the last minute of of the round. So I gave him that round. Uh, did you score it the same way, or did you did you have a different? Uh, I was watching it back after I knew, so but uh, yeah, the second was very close. Could have went either way, and a third I would would have given to Paddy, but uh, the the first and the fourth and the fifth were were not in our money. Uh, I think uh, part of um, <clears throat> uh, Paddy Pimblett's hair definitely doesn't help. Uh, every time he pulls his head back or gets hit with a shot, it looks like he got it looks worse. I think uh, I think uh, Gunnar Nelson had a mullet when he fought George uh, Santiago in the UFC and. People were thinking he was getting hit when he wasn't. They're thinking he was getting hit more flush than he was, and he ended up cutting, getting rid of that hair for the next fight. So, I know it's kind of a, a bit of a trademark for Paddy Pimblett that hair, but uh, maybe in close, in close fights, in close rounds, it might uh, end up costing him. Uh, might end up uh, making it look a bit worse than it was. Yeah, he could, he could definitely braid it up or something. But look, I think the big issue with Paddy Pimblett is uh, people have, have criticised him an awful lot since that fight and I think fairly justly in fairness it was, it was a fairly bad performance and you know not what we expected really look I think myself and a lot of people talked about Paddy Pimblett over the last couple of years that he was one of the best prospects in MMA and I stand by that I still think he is he's still only 22 remember but the fact that he hasn't progressed in his last two fights since winning the belt is a bit worrying. Like, there there has been no progression we, we've seen recently. Like, I think Paddy Pimbert, see, why, why I thought he was a great prospect and why a lot of people did. I think he has a good base. Obviously, he's, you know, his wrestling was very good. You know, in the past, it's shown it's been very good. He hits hard. You know, he's he's knocked people out in the past. He He's good submission artist when he gets to fight on the ground. But you have to move your game on as well. And I think... I think he has good basics, you know, look at his jabs and his hooks last night, they were even pretty good, you know, or, or on uh, on Friday night or Saturday night, whatever it was, you know, things, some things he did were good, but we talked about it in the show a couple of weeks ago, in, uh, about a different fight, and about just in general, that I think there's a difference between, you know, the intricacies of throwing a jab and, and you know, 
footwork and all, you know jujitsu and all that and in actually kind of game planning and stuff and I'm not sure if he's there yet or if he's comfortable enough to do that yet in his career because you know Paddy he something he brought new to the game well he's done it before but he brought it better at the weekend I thought was his front kicks to the body something which a lot of guys use you know it's one of the biggest things in MMA now to get yourself on the front foot so he obviously knows that's a problem I think that's his biggest issue because every time there's kind of an exchange Pimblet goes backwards right and that leads to him having a huge gap to overcome to get into striking range to hit so that does two things right it makes you lunge in and gives your opponent time to see the shots and it also gives him time to not only see the shots but to counter them as well and that's where Paddy was getting hit most of the time I thought so that's that's a huge issue and I think as I said with that front kick that's something that can take that away that can put you on the front foot to keep you in range to keep you at a safe place where you know you can hit him but it's going to be hard for him to hit you because he's walking backwards and that's Paddy did it a couple of times but most of the fight 90% of the fight if you if you just watch the fight again and watch where he's going all the time it's backward motion backward motion backward motion and I don't think he is the type of guy you know like a McGregor or a or a Dos Santos or an Aldo, you know, who can counter punch you like that, or you know, who can just land that one big knockout blow of counter punch. Now he he probably can do it, but it's not it's not his fundamental game. And to to be backing up like that all the time, that has to be your fundamental game. So I think I honestly think that's the biggest issue. But that's something you can fix. I think. I, I, I do, and I think if you were to write off Paddy Pimblett now, it'd be a little bit foolhardy. You know, he has to go away, he has to go back to the drawing board. I think it needs a fundamental change, not in his game, not in his ability, but I think it's a fundamental change in how he actually fights. And that's possible. I think he, he that can be done. Yeah, he's only 22. He has been kind of in the spotlight for, for a few years already since he was like 19. Um, so so people kind of I think forget how young he is and how much room there is for development and if you look at like loads of the world champions bar John Jones in the UFC uh, a lot of them weren't weren't anywhere near their peak when they were early 20s they they go on to develop so much um, just in finding the holes in your game and game planning like strategy like you're saying and then even Paddy Pimble said he, or they, he was working with a uh, I think it was Liverpool University with his strength and conditioning and his weight cut and all that. So that's a positive step. Even though, even though he didn't win this fight, it's it's definitely a positive step to to have professionals working with you on your your weight cut and your and your conditioning. And there's definitely other holes, uh, as you say, maybe uh, not getting pushed back so much and uh, um, just little things that he can change that that will make a massive difference. And he's got loads of time to make these adjustments uh, at, at his age. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like. I don't, I don't uh, you know I don't think something like moving out and and trying in another gym somewhere else not leaving his own gym but you know going for a few months training somewhere else come back like kind of like Norman Park did you know with Alliance or Paul Redmond did with with TriStar you know a lot of people do it I, I don't think that would be a huge problem you know Mark mm-hmm. Casey has moved out to um, ATT isn't it you know a lot of guys do that just for a different look you know I, like I think as I said his fundamentals <coughs> are very good and that's obviously what his, his gym have given him and they're obviously a very good a good gym but I think that that next bit, you know, that that next. If you're getting to that elite level, I think you need that. Um, and and uh, you know, it, it'd be a shame to see. It'd be a, sh- a shame to see him not progress because there's there's a huge thing in MMA, right? 
because th this is fighting but it's also entertainment it's also about being a draw and Paddy Pimblett is a huge draw and people kind of okay I, I hate the fucking word hype I hate it with a fucking passion because people <laughs> build their own hype it happens like he it's because he's a, a, an exciting guy he's a character that's why people follow him and it's because he, he was the cage warrior champion or he won that belt that that did happen like that's that's just not a hype doesn't get you the belt like you know and obviously I said it for the last 10 minutes he has improvement to, improving to do but it's it's not over for Paddy Pimble like people people react yeah, I think too I, much I think to this I think a lot of people uh, as much as people love Paddy a lot of people hate him because of yeah. his uh, antics and then they, they're waiting for him to lose so they can be like ah and point in his face and tweet at him or whatever but that's just they care about you even if they even if they don't like you they care enough about you to be emotionally invested in you losing which is which is grand. Like as long as as long as they carry it away, you're you're winning, and in, in as a part of a contractor in MMA. Like so, uh, yeah, he's always going to get abuse when he loses. So are all these big characters. Like Connor's always going to get loads of abuse when he loses. Uh, all these big characters in the UFC, John Jones, when he lo if he loses, he'll get. You know, it, it's Josh Koscheck always got like P Josh Koscheck. People wanted to see him lose. Like people would would tune in to see him to try and hope hopefully he lose, and that's grand. That that put bums on seat. That sells pay per views. So. He's obviously going to get a bit more abuse than uh, your average your average uh, fighter in his position, but uh, I think uh, I, th I think he can take it. I think he's uh, growing up in Liverpool. He's used to a bit of slagging, so he'll be all right. Yeah, but uh, look, I think the biggest issue here is he is Paddy Pimble is still a prospect. Let's get that straight. Like I think he like Paddy Pimble could fight in the UFC and he could beat guys hundred percent in the UFC, not guys in the top 10, 20 maybe at the moment. But he could beat the featherweights in the UFC. Well, I think there's something like 70 featherweights in the UFC or something like that. He can beat them. Like He can beat some of them. He can beat probably over half of them, right? But people need to realize, and I got a lot of stick for saying this about James Gallagher when he got signed to Bellator as well, that someone asked me where he should be, and I goes, he can, like, the bottom 25% of the Bellator the featherweight roster, he should be fighting now and then progress on. And people are giving me sick, oh, he should be fighting the champion. He could beat the champion on. Like, He's well, he was like 19 years of age. Like you need to have him progress, have him fight the bottom 25% five times, then fight the you know the bottom 50% two or three times, then get up to like the top 20, you know, and uh, you, yeah. it progresses no like there's no exactly there's no rush, and it's the same for Paddy Pimblett, and it's different for him maybe because he's been kind of cast into the, you know kind of the top of the game straight away in at you know European level anyway, and. Maybe if he was in the UFC, he wouldn't be fighting guys as good as Nad Naramani or as dangerous as Nad Naramani. Even though, okay, that might sound like too much, make, you know, make too much sense. But they give him maybe a better. You you could see him fighting someone like a Dennis Seaver or something like that, who's, you know, not yeah, as good as Nad Naramani. You know, yeah, exactly. But you have you have to understand what a prospect is, and he he has to understand it as well, though. And he has to understand that he is not the finished article, and that he has to improve. And if he doesn't improve, he'll never do you know get to the OC or get to the top 10 okay he might get to the OC or whatever but he'll never get to the top 10 if he doesn't improve the way he's you know from where he is now he needs to improve but he can improve that that's it that's the thing about it I think but um I suppose we need to talk about Ned Naramani as well I thought it was I thought it was a very good performance from him what I was most impressed about with Ned Naramani was he was I thought he'd Pimblet scouted very well you know there's a, a thing in MMA when guys try to take you down and most people do it is they get their back to the fence they get the the underhook they try to pull him up 
and didn't they try to turn out from the fence? He wasn't doing that because I think he realised Pimblet was so dangerous with his takedowns that he kind of he had to fight at the takedowns more than kind of prevent him once Pimblet was already there. So he was getting down, he was grabbing that leg, taking his base out from under him, trying to end up on top, not letting, you know, Pimblet got nothing easy off Naramani. I was very, very impressed with him. I think, you know, on the feet as well, he took, I was talking about that that gap that Pimblet gave him by backing up. He took advantage of that a lot. He was throwing nice combinations. Pimblet's jab, I thought, was good, but every good jab he threw, the next one he threw, Naramani countered it. And there was one stage Pimblet landed his best shots of the of the whole fight. I think it was maybe the the third round where Pimblet landed a beautiful jab and then a right hand after it. And it was probably the hardest shot he hit Naramani in the whole fight. And then Pimblet threw uh, another jab after it. And Naramani hit him with like three shots in a row and rocked him backwards. And I think that that was kind of the story of the whole fight. Everything Pimblet did, Naramani had an answer for it. And he it was just, I thought it was a phenomenal display and a very, very good wordy champion, I think, now. Yeah, he was very measured. He, he never panicked. He, he was calm the whole time. And uh, he just, uh, he, yeah, it was, a, as you say, it was a perfect game plan for Naramani to, to beat Paddy Pimblet. And uh, like, it, it, they were they were all close enough rounds, but uh, I think uh, most people are in agreement that Naramani definitely, definitely won the fight. Um, Naramani, yeah. Uh, People, people don't really like. He's not a big name on on the scene, but like you know, people when when the fight got announced, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, this is a bad style match for Paddy," and people, a lot of people were picking Naramani to win the fight. So uh, maybe people will see that all oh, Paddy Pimble lost in that Naramani and be shocked. But uh, I think uh, some uh, some other people saw it coming and uh, actually called called Naramani to win. So uh, there was no surprise in Naramani, in Naramani being as good as he is because he he has fought some top level guys like Alex and as I said and. Uh, he, he's got experience, and um, it was a it was a big moment for Paddy. It was front of what five or six thousand Liverpool or hometown fans in Liverpool. It was it was a big, big pressure moment for him as well. Like so, maybe that maybe that came into it a little bit as well. Um, do, you yeah, think they do, do you think they should do a rematch? Um, hmm. um, yeah. Well, like if 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 Paddy really wants to do a rematch and he thinks so, I, I just made these little mistakes, these little adjustments I need to to do it, then do it straight away. But I don't think there's any rush to do it again either. If 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 Pimble wants to take a bit of time off and work on his game, or as you were saying, maybe go abroad for a few weeks with one of the American teams just for a different look, then yeah, it, it, I don't think it's like a. I would I wouldn't be like like watering at the mouth for for a rematch but uh, I wouldn't be against it either um, it all depends on, on what Paddy's thinking is really after the fight yeah yeah I agree with that I think there's two ways you can go here where you can kind of take a step back and maybe take an easier fight and then get back into the big one or you can go straight back in and get take the big one most of the time I like the taking uh, maybe an easier fight and getting back in but I'm, I'm not sure on this one I think I think this might be the kind of the kick that Pimblet needs. You know, I thought it would be it last time, but I don't know. Did he brush that under the carpet? Maybe a little bit the the Erosa fight where you know, most people thought he lost, but this one, you know, everyone knows he lost, and he know he knows he lost himself. So this might be what he needs. You know, um, and he, you know, those improvements might come now. This might light the fire under him. You know, this could be the best thing that's ever happened to him in his career. And yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. But um, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I believe Paddy's a free agent now. I think a few people are tweeting that. I don't know that 100% now. You'd have to confirm it. But, yeah, I saw that tweeted, but I'm not yeah. exactly sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I think, you know, there was talks we talked about on the podcast before about Cage Warriors paid him, you know, very, very well. So much so that he turned down the UFC contract. Um, I'm not sure if the UFC would be... The UFC are probably still interested, but I'm not, I'm not sure... They take him now after coming off that loss. Maybe they take him at a lower price, probably. But they probably yeah, would yeah. take him just due to his due to his personality and his drawing power. Mm-hmm. But he definitely wouldn't be in a stronger stronger position as he was before the Rosa fight when he when he uh, when he, uh, he signed the Cage Warriors contract or or now. Like so, um, yeah, I think the UFC would still be interested just because uh, he can sell and he on an English card he he can do very well. Uh, a UK card he can he can do very well. But uh, yeah, his 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 money negotiation power is probably. Uh, down a bit from from before, obviously. Yeah, I think they'd like to have him have one more fight, or even put him in a tough house or something like that. But I don't think he'd be absolutely hilarious in a tough house. Yeah, that'd be so yeah, funny. He would, yeah, but yeah, um, I suppose. Look, as we say, looking forward, I, I would mind seeing the fight again. I think it's in exciting times for for Dad Narumani, and it's exciting to see what Paddy Pimblett does next because. You know, as I said, he's he might be down and out now, but in MMA, guys are only down and out for for so long. So, uh, I, I'd love to see him come back strong. You know, we said it kind of after Ronda Rousey. Well, this isn't as big as that, obviously, but you know, it'd be great to see her come back. It'd be great to see Paddy Pimblett come back, and he will come back. I'm I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so no, I'd be shocked if he didn't come back. <laughs> I will. He'll come back, yeah. Um, just a few more fights in the card. Uh, Tommy Quinn, obviously, the big Irish interest in the card took a, a heavy loss to, to Lee Chadwick took a big shot early and, and got hurt and then got uh, guillotined inside the first minute um, Nathaniel Wood as well had an impressive um, win over Von Lee Von Lee actually looked looked pretty good in this fight I thought but Nathaniel Wood has come on an awful lot you know yeah, Nathaniel Wood's combos I think were, were very good he, yeah. he was very good at pressuring he never gave uh, Von Lee much of a much of, much of a breather and uh he just kept coming forward, throwing, throwing combos. You never know. You didn't know what shot he was going to throw next. He mixed it up nicely, and uh, and the finish was really nice as well. So yeah, he's definitely he's definitely coming on uh, fight to fight. Nathaniel Wood, and he's he's looking like a very good prospect. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Francio uh, Slioa also he beat uh, Dean Truman. Yeah, Dean Truman had him in a triangle and an armbar. Mm-hmm. He was transitioning between the two of them and landing elbows, but he he stayed calm and just slowly inched his inched his head out and. Uh, I think uh, that took a lot out of Dean Truman because he was kind of suspending himself in midair uh, with the triangle and armbar for a while uh, because Slioa was standing up, and uh, it seemed like after that, after he kind of went all out for that finish and uh, afterwards uh, Slioa obviously just turned turned it up and uh, put him away with the rear naked choke. Uh, he he defended well Dean Truman a few times, but uh, he was uh, Slioa was very persistent and got, got the tap in the end. It looked like Slio's ligaments went to one stage and from one of the arm bars. Like they looked like there was a, a snap on the arm, like at one stage. So he, yeah, know, it was hyperextended a couple of times. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's an undefeated prospect out of Sweden, so he's one to watch as well. Because Dean yeah. Truman is really is no joke. He knocked out uh, Arnold Quiro in his in his last fight before this, or was it two fights ago? Uh, in the first round with a really quick knockout, so he's definitely no joke. And as you as you saw in the the start of that fight with Leo, he, he's very dangerous off his back as well, and he's mainly a jiu-jitsu guy. So he, he's definitely, uh, he'll definitely come back as well. Dean Truman, he, he's improving as well. Uh, but not the end of the world for him. Yeah, 
Yeah, still got, obviously um, had uh, Jimmy Jimmy Manaman, he's in his corner trends, Alexander Gustafsson as well over in Sweden. But yeah, I thought the fight at night was Molly McCann against uh, Lacey Shuckman. Just a, a brilliant back and forth fight. Molly McCann got hurt badly in the first when she was kind of going forward, got caught with a counter, but came yeah. back and, and won the next uh, the next two rounds to, to take the fight. Very, very good fight, you know. I, I was I was very, very close as well, very close but yeah, anything on the undercard there, Leroy Barnes obviously yeah. took a, a first round loss, Lloyd Manning as well, yeah. Yeah, Lloyd Manning and Paul McBain, I actually haven't seen the, the fight back because it wasn't on the broadcast uh, that I recorded, but uh, it was a split decision and uh, Lloyd Manning's a very good guy, he has he has wins over at amateur over Tommy Martin, Joe McCoggan, he's a really good judoka, he's a judo black belt, so I, I was kind of surprised uh, that, that, that Lloyd lost, but uh, I haven't seen the fight, so uh, I can't really comment on what happened. Yeah, Keen Rock lost as well to, to Sean Kenny with TKOs in the second round. Um, so yeah, good as I said, good night of another fights all around. Check out the interviews Steve and Sean did them over on uh, YouTube.com forward slash Severe Art where you can watch all those, so check that out. And um, yeah, um, I, Bam actually announced that they're coming back to uh, to Dublin this week as well, didn't they? I suppose with Cage or just there a couple of... Uh, couple of weeks back so that should be fun any before we move on to to Beltor, any fights you'd like to see on that card or any names you'd like to see on it um yeah i think most of them, <clears throat> they're, they're kind of using the same guys in the last few times they've come to uh to dublin and this this doesn't seem to be a co-promotion show so uh i expect a lot of fights maybe maybe 16 or 17 fights on the card with loads of irish on it it's on um it's on the 7th of july isn't it uh, I'm not 100 percent sure now. It's up in Severe MMA anyway. Check it out uh, there; you can see it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's on the 7th of July in the Three Arena in Dublin, and tickets go on sale on the 5th of April. So in uh, when this podcast comes out, it'll be uh, next day. So get on that. Uh, yeah. Get my ball, my boy Paul Hughes in that card. Team Sheehan. Yeah, that man on it. He broke his hand in the in the fight with uh, Adam Gustav, but uh, hopefully. Hopefully it wasn't too bad. I haven't heard, but uh, hopefully he'll yeah, he, be recovered enough to be on the card. He said on his Twitter there the other day he should be okay. So oh yeah, maybe, okay, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. So yeah, it should be. He's an exciting prospect. It'd be good to see Reese McKee get back in there. If I think uh, I think his uh, orbital bone wasn't broken in the end, so uh, it was just I think it was just it just swelled up massively. So I think he could be back. Uh, we could see we could see oh, loads of the Kiefer Crosby, uh, uh, Keith McCabe. People like that. We could probably see all the a collection of the guys that have been on the last three or four Dublin Bama cards. Uh, probably see similar similar names. Uh, Keen Cowley's fighting in Birmingham, I think, coming up, is he? Or one, one of the Bama cards in England, anyway. I saw him oh, yeah, fight they, there last week. It's a pity so, that's not in Dublin, but. Uh, he might be back if he, if he wins that. You know, he's a very good striker. Obviously, one of the top prospects uh, coming out of, of SPG. Uh, you know, John Cavan, I think, tweeted about him to watch out for him. You know, he's on the next big name. So, that if, if he wins yeah, that fight, he could really be on the double card. Phenomenal. He's got ridiculously heavy leg kicks. And uh, he's, he's been he's been embracing MMA and working on the ground. So, so it'll be interesting to see where he's at in that as well. But uh, yeah, I'd say all his opponents will be trying to take him down. So, yeah. Uh, He'll have to be ready for that, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see where he is. But uh, yeah, definitely interesting and one to watch. Yeah, and uh, Norman Park is fighting uh, over in uh, KSW. KSW, isn't he coming up? So 
Paul Redmond as well, who obviously followed him last, is looking for a fight in the Bellator card. If he doesn't get that, I wouldn't mind seeing him headlining in Dublin. You know, get someone in there. You know, against him, he'd be a good one. Chris Fields, obviously not. Chris Fields with Bellator now, though, is he? Is he? Has he signed with? He signed with yeah, Bellator, well, he? yeah, he's well. He had the McGeary fight, so I, I, I'm not sure if that was a one fight deal, or I'm not, I'm not sure what the situation was there. To be honest. Yeah, I saw Philip Melpeter actually. We were talking about him the other day. There, he he was back in the gym sparring with uh, Peter Queeley the other day. I saw it on Instagram, so maybe he'll be back. Get it, get him in there. They've Peter Mc- he fought Redzer before, didn't he? Yeah, at amateur. Yeah, rematch. Uh, Redzer beat him at Battle Zone at amateur years ago. So yeah, that'd be a good rematch. Yeah, I'd make it happen. That. Make it happen. Mop- there you go. Mopeter is always in ridiculously exciting fights. His fight with John Donnelly, his fight with Rich Corey. He just gets into wars. Uh, even his fight with Tommy Quinn. Uh, he's always very exciting. So be, if he is coming back, it'd be great to see him come back. He's been very unlucky over the years with pullouts and injuries and all that. People missing weight and pulling out of fights. And so hopefully he can he can get back in there and uh, get a win <laughs> or get a fight that doesn't fall apart at least. <laughs> uh, last few fallen apart in him already. I'm doing Jude Samuel's job for him there. You know, come on, give me, I want ten percent of that that matching fee there. Come on, let's maybe make it happen. John McGuire matches, oh, maybe. Film up for the John McGuire. John Donnelly, is it? John McGuire. Remember, you fought John McGuire uh, when oh, John did McGuire got cuffed. Oh, he, he, he did too, very yeah. Very controversial decision. Cage Warriors, wasn't he? Yeah, I think I was at that fight, was I? Possibly. Um, yeah, Maybe probably, not. yeah. I think it yeah. might have been. There you go, so do that. Well, while we're at it, we might as well talk about the, the, the like, Irish lads who fought in the... Was it Abu Dhabi or the Brave. UAE or somewhere? It's yeah. Brave at the weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, Friends Milamba first. He was in a he was in a pretty good fight, kind of a back and forth fight where I thought he showed a, a lot of improvements. You know, he got he still got taken down a couple of times, but I thought he did well. Got back up nearly every time he was taken down. Something you know that he's maybe struggled with before, and he also threatened and got a, a submission in the end, which was very very good. Kind of adapted standing guillotine uh, to choke out his his opponent, who was you know. Pretty good guy, I thought. I was I was impressed with him as well, but yeah, he nearly knocked him out as well at the end of the first round. I thought it was a very uh, very impressive performance from friends. Yeah, yeah, he, um, it was it was kind of surprising. I wasn't sure, on the stream. It was kind of, I wasn't sure if uh, Franz is kind of known to pull a guillotine and end up on his back. So I was I was kind of thinking, oh no, don't 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 do this, and then <laughs> uh, you're going to end up on your back. But uh, he choked your man. He choked your man out. So that, so what do I know? <laughs> that is that's a that is a fact. Yeah, he might be another one who might be on that uh Bellator or um Batman card coming up. So yeah, be, yeah, see that. Um, Ben Forsyth was opening up the card as well, and that, and he took a he took a heavy loss. And he got hurt. Uh, he kind of got hurt badly in the, in the start, and you kind of put him on Queer Street. And I don't think he ever recovered from that. And he's in fairness, his opponent, he kept the he kind of kept the heat on, and ended up getting the. Well, it was a rear naked choke, wasn't it? Yeah, in in about what about halfway through the the first round. So yeah, bad night for for Ben Forsyth, but uh, he he'll probably be back as well. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it was a. Uh, obviously, he never really got going. He got caught with a shot, and he, as you say, he was on Queer Street and. and your man never let up the pressure. It was a, it was a good performance by uh, Knobel, was it Marco Knobel? Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. When you're when there's big guys like like those guys, and you, you get hit with a big shot, it, it can be hard to come back, especially when your opponent doesn't let you off the hook. But uh, yeah, I think uh, he'll be back. Right. Let's move on to Bellator last week and the upcoming <clears throat> pay per view card. Um, there really wasn't much on the undercard of this Bellator fight. Uh, Sergei Haritanov landed a beautiful uppercut knockout. Um, 
Noah Lahask got a, a submission. We know him from the UFC, obviously, in the, in the second round. And Emmanuel Sanchez beat uh, Marcos Calvo by unanimous decision. But the main thing was King Mohamed Lowell against uh, Quinton Rampage Jackson in a fight which was almost as bad as the first one. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> a great fight. Um, I thought Rampage actually looked dangerous with his, his left hooks all night, but King Mo was kind of avoiding him. He did everything he he could, you know, stay away from him. That was kind of Rampage's um, go-to thing. But um, yeah, as we know, King Mo, he kind of pushed Rampage against the cage, took him down a couple of times, um, and it ended up winning the decision. There wasn't much more to it than that. Did you love this now, like Wonder Brian Woodley? Or no, as I kind of said last week, it was very similar. I was kind of expecting it to be very similar to the first fight, and, mm-hmm. and it kind of was, but uh, this time they got the decision right. So uh, the trilogy, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your training partner, King Mo, your, your yeah, wrestling yeah. coach. Got the, got yeah, the my tailbone's only just recovered from that after. <laughs> <laughs> I see the video. Nile, Nile posted the video there the other day. Yeah, I yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it's very dark and short, but... Uh, I think there's more footage i think but may- maybe not <laughs> maybe, maybe not <laughs> applicable better for me than, than yeah and <laughs> folded in two by king mo <laughs> yeah probably better off but yeah um look obviously the, the big thing coming out of this is rampage is now back in the ufc apparently um uh, the, the, what was the story he, he signed with bellator back in the day with Bjorn Ribney and they promised him uh, f- like film roles and you know yeah. stuff on, on Viacom and that that never materialised so Rampage and his lawyers argued that it was in breach of their contract so he went and signed a contract for, with the UFC he signed up to fight Fabio Maldonado um, the UFC pulled that fight or um, sorry Bellator went to to court to get the fight pulled it was kind of pulled in UFC went back to court uh, the court allowed had like an injunction or some shit and then they actually fought but after that Beltran went back to court won the case and got well not, not, I don't know it was kind of going through court and then I think the UFC kind of let the case go and allowed Rampage to go back to Bellator but their contract that Rampage had signed like a 4-5 contract or whatever still stood up so once the Bellator contract ended the UFC contract immediately kicked in so even though Rampage just fought for Bellator he's now under contract with the, with the <laughs> UFC which which was so so weird but do you think Rampage will fight again or was this it? Um, I think he'll fight again. Yeah, I don't know what else he would do. Yeah, if he wasn't fighting, to be honest. Yeah, Rampage is is one of those lads. He weighed in obviously. What was it? Two hundred and fifty three pounds for this? Or Forty something was it? No, I think it was fifty three. Yeah, and he used to be a two or fiver. So that's that's gonna be hard to get back down. He'd probably fight at heavyweight again if he does fight. Uh, before we talk about where he might fight or who he might fight. Did you see that interview he did with ESPN where he basically said his biggest regret in MMA was starting it? Uh, yeah, and a lot of people took it back though, then didn't he? A lot of people kind of overreacted to that. Like Rampage is a moody bastard and always has been. Like he's a, just a complaining, you know. He was always like this. He was like he 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 used to be like a really happy guy as well at times. Like for like ninety percent happy and ten percent complaining and giving out and all. But now he's kind of like 90% complaining and 10% happy, which he's kind of changed. But yeah, I don't know. Like Rampage was one of my first favorite fighters. Like I used to love, he was hilarious. Like he's brilliant. But it's kind of, I think he's realized he's past his best now and he can't win those big fights anymore. And he's, you know, he's basically, he's not even in that kind of, 
uh, Chelson and Vanderlei Silva kind of era where he's looking for big money fights and against other guys like that. He's just he's kind of just hanging around and he's not kind of doing it happily or anything. So it's, uh, I'm not too sure about him. Mm. But I think I, I think uh, he's always struggled with his weight. So maybe the heavy move will make him happier, even though he didn't he didn't seem very happy in the lead up to the to the King Mo fight. But uh, the UFC heavyweight division is actually if they put him against strikers. Uh, yeah. Who aren't looking to take him down too much? It could be could be very good for him. Like people like Mark Hunt, like uh, I'd watch that. Arden Dyalowski, uh, <laughs> I'd definitely watch that. I'd even watch him against Overeem. Like, uh, like um, he's he, he's definitely as you say, he's still got that that big punching power. Even though even though he, uh, he didn't really get it going against King Mo, he's always dangerous with his left hand. And um, if he is back in the UFC, which it seems he is, then I, I wouldn't. I'd like like I kind of he's fucking fought everybody in the light heavyweight division already and. He's past his prime now, so it's probably not going to look bad, any better for him. But these heavyweight matchups, people who are looking to, not looking to wrestle him, that could be the the way to go with Rampage, and he could have some fun fights and make some money before he retires. Yeah, you can't just can't give him a wrestler anymore. He's like Nick Diaz; just don't put him against a wrestler. That's why I have no interest in seeing the GSP fight. It's just it's pointless. Like you might as well just fucking watch him lying on the ground for ten minutes. Like you know, it's. it's <laughs> Francis Ngannou, give that man Francis Ngannou. That, that's a fight I'd fucking watch. <laughs> I, I think it'd be great. You'd watch like, any Francis Ngannou fight. Yeah, Rampage is terribly hard to stop. He's you know big punch of power. He'd be a test for Ngannou on the feet. Like Rampage is no mug on the feet. Let's be honest. He won what five fights in a row mm. before the the King Mo fight. You know he's not fighting the best in the world, but still, yeah. like even Francis would probably take him down if he was smart maybe, about it. Though. Yeah, maybe, maybe he would. Yeah, as you said, Mark Hunt, I'd love. See that Mark Hunt fight. Um, there's there's lots of fights that, that I'd like. I would mind seeing. I'd Tim say Johnson. Arlovsky. Tim Johnson. Boom. Tim, not Tim Johnson. No. <laughs> I, I, uh, what's his name? Um, Rumble Johnson. Top twelve. He's top top twelve uh, heavyweight. Tim Johnson. Is he? God Almighty. Well, Volkov. Uh, Alexi, there's loads of people Alexi around Olnick. me to beat in the top yeah. fifteen. I think. Uh, yeah. Make it. Struve. Happen. Like I'd watch him against Struve. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> He'd be like Struve, Struve would probably try to take him down. <laughs> Struve would probably try to take him down as well. Yeah. Struve's tight ends are great, aren't great though, to be honest. No, they aren't. I want to see that Mark Hunt fight for ages. I think that'd be brilliant. You know, that could headline a card in, in New Zealand. Mark, who's Mark Hunt fighting? Mark Hunt is fighting someone. Has he got another fight lined up? Isn't he? Yeah, he does. He's fighting in New Zealand or somewhere. Oh God. Is it Arlovsky or someone? One sec. Oh, it's Derek Lewis. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, God. Another loss for Mark Hunt. Yeah, so let me both coming up. <laughs> I dominate four and a half rounds and then just Donkey Kong at the end. Yeah, I think we said that last week as well. But yeah, look, I hope, I kind of hope Rampage does fight. Because as you said, what else is he going to do? And I don't, you know, he's not at the BJ Pin level yet where BJ Pin kind of, okay, we know there's nothing else he's going to do. So it's probably better off seeing him fighting. But he's still just miserably bad at fighting now after being a great fighter before. It's sad. But I don't think Rampage is there yet. You know, even to decision with King Mo, a close enough fight. King Mo is, you know, still a very good guy. So yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight again. But uh, by the way, Rampage is fighting uh, Dennis Seaver as well in an upcoming cards. So yeah, that should be, that should be fun. <laughs> but yeah, let's stay on Belfort before we get to. <laughs> Did I say that? Uh, BJ Pin, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, Jesus. <laughs> 
Poor Danny Imagine. Weaver, fuck's sake. <laughs> First Conor McGregor, no fucking, no, uh, <laughs> my bitch. Kim Francie, Kim Francie. Kim Derek Lewis, he probably beat him for three rounds and ended up losing. Um, what did you think of uh, Steve Cazola? He went to 8-0 and he, he called out Dylan Dennis for himself at 55 or his teammate at 170. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw that. Dylan Dennis has taken an unmerciful amount of sticks since his appearance on the MMA or last week. I've never seen anything like it. It was... It wasn't even that, it was pretty bad, but it wasn't that bad, like, you know, it was, he called a few people bums and stuff, and it was, he he showed up at the Bellator event wearing, um, wearing a Conor McGregor kind of shirt, you know, so, I don't know, he's a young lad as well, and, you know, people said the same thing about uh, James Gallagher, you know, it's, but these young lads, they'll, they'll grow to that too, you know, we've, we spoke about it before, you know, he's, he's obviously, this is, you know, the most famous person, you know, he's, he's ever met and kind of been friends with and stuff, and it's kind of natural for a young lad to do that, but I'm sure he'll grow out of it and he'll become his own man soon enough, but yeah, he's, I think we have a couple of questions about him, he's obviously signed with Bellator, and, um, yeah, he's a talented guy, you know, unbelievable jiu-jitsu and everything. If he can put the put a bit of striking together, if he's well matched over his first three or four fights, um, you know. Yeah. There's no rush with him. Like, they definitely yeah. take the slow route at the start and let's see if you can gauge where he's at MMA-wise before before giving him any kind of marquee name. Yeah, like, he, he's gone training with uh, Phil Nurse over in, over in America. He's coming over to SPG to train. Obviously, his jiu-jitsu camp is his on point, so he, like everything that's there he has you know he's everything that's going to make him a great fighter if he can become a great fighter but we won't be seeing him for a while he's gone i think it's the ibjjf or something like that the world championships he's i maybe not i wanted him anyway ABCC, uh, maybe he's a, well, i don't know uh one of them hugging competitions he's going to be one of them this later this year so um we won't see him he he said he would have fought in the pay-per-view card if he was on pay-per-view but that they gave him didn't give him a pay-per-view he's he's not going to do that but um yeah Let's get on to the pay-per-view card. Uh, thoughts? What do you think about this pay-per-view card overall? Um, Wide-ranging question there. Um, yeah, it seems to be a good card, but the last time they did a pay-per-view, it didn't go well. I don't, I don't know what what they think has changed. Maybe, maybe, maybe a lot has changed. Um, it's easier to stream than it was even the first time they did it illegally. Uh, like as we say with Bellator, they force people in Europe and all around the world that aren't in America, North America, to be able to if they want to watch their product to be able to find illegal streams so um i don't i don't know i don't know if it's going to do well and numbers wise on pay-per-view but the card is looking looking like it's taking shape very nicely yeah i by the way i've asked bellator as well will that card be available in ireland and uk and i've got no answer yet so there you go on that one um yeah the whole pay-per-view thing before we get into the actual card I think they might as well try it. You know, Dev Chelsonen, who has drawn on pay-per-view before, and obviously not by himself, really, but with Anderson Silva and with a heated match like that. And this is kind of a heated match as well now. He did lose to Tito Ortiz in his last fight, and he is kind of a shadow of what he used to be, obviously, off the... Well... He got caught for TRT anyway, and, and, and other amongst other basically stuff. Clean, basically yeah, basically clean. clean. Yeah, so um, maybe he's not as enhanced as he once was, self-admittedly. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's worth trying. I think when you have someone like Chelsea and when you have someone like Fedor as well, who he's not proven as a draw, but the um, the, the hardcore fans will tune in to to see him, and that gives you a good like. Eighty or ninety thousand alone, probably to see that. So Scott Coker said two hundred thousand. So they only have yeah, like a hundred. I really like. 
thousand or something. I really like the Douglas the Douglas Lima Larkin fight as well. That should be very good. Larkin looked like he put on a bit of the old strike force weight though when he was getting interviewed. So uh I don't know if he's he'll be uh, struggling to make one seventy now maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh I think Larkin wins that fight. I, uh, the, Lima I've never been a big fan of Lima, you know. Well, I, I'm a big fan of him. He's because he's a big knockout artist, good hand and stuff as well. But I think he's very beatable. Um, and I, actually, I don't know. Larkin, Larkin sometimes can be beaten by by guys like that. So maybe he does not, a lot but, of standing around half the time. Larkin not really doing much. Yeah, but, uh, he does. So when he's on when he's on form, he's he's very good. He'd be throwing all sorts of mad spinning kicks to, to the leg, and he'll be really, when he's on when he's good, he's good. But he can be very passive as well in some fights. Yeah, even though Lima he beat has, her, uh, um, he, he has a tough, yeah, tough style matchup in in Diego Lima because Lima Lima's like he's good everywhere and he's beaten uh, Hareshkov and Daly in his last two fights. Like he knocked out Hareshkov, which is a very good win. Yeah, I still I still uh, think Hareshkov is the best welterweight in Bellator. To be honest, even though he did knock him out. Yeah, Hareshkov beat him the first time over decision and then the rematch. Yeah, so. It's definitely between the two of them anyway. But he has he has other good wins over people like Rick Hahn and Ben Saunders and. You know, he's he's definitely not a he's no mug. Like he's lost to he's lost to Ben Askren, but uh, that was a what, five five or six years ago now. So we kind of you can kind of maybe forget about that in a lot of ways. He's obviously moved on a lot since then. Lima has. Yeah, you've Rory McDonald an MVP there as well. Obviously fighting on the upcoming London card, not against each other unfortunately. But uh, yeah, good. Um, Michael Chandler is fighting Brent Primus as well on that yeah, card. Undefeated uh, Brett Primus and uh, Brett is it or Brent Brett. Or Brent. I Brent, don't know. Primus. Yeah, no, it is Brent. It is Brent, yeah. Lin- what was your man's name in the newspaper report? Linvoi Primus, was it? Or? Oh, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Linvoi Primus. Primus, yeah, same thing. But, right, I was impressed with him. I thought his last <laughs> fight, he, he was pretty good. But, yeah, I, it's kind of an odd matchup, isn't it? I thought they might give Chandler or someone else in, in that fight. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's kind of like if, if, if Brent is pro- Primus as a prospect, it's kind of a... It's a risky fight to give to him because Chandler's obviously very very good at wrestling and very very good everywhere and anyway, but a very hard nosed wrestler as well so that's going to be a very difficult matchup for Primus but uh, obviously did we, did we talk about Shinzo Machida and James Gallagher last week did we? no we didn't know we'll talk about that in a second just before we get to that the the, the top two fights Mitrion and Fedor do you do you give Fedor any chance in that is I think Mitrion oh yeah I give Fedor a chance yeah do you? But, but not yeah like not like yeah, Matt Mitrione, if he gets taken to the ground, probably probably gets submitted. But um and Matt Mitrione can he can be winning a fight and then he'll kinda of start showboating and take his hands down and get clocked. And yeah. If you do give Fedor an opening at that, he will take it. But if you look back at Fedor in his last fight, it is just if he comes out any looking anywhere like he did against Maldonado, uh, it's not gonna be good less. Yeah, he got stopped basically by a light heavyweight. You know, if that, fight was, yeah, <laughs> if that fight wasn't in Russia, like, and he still went on to draw the fight. So I suppose, uh, you know, well, he won. He did he end up winning? What happened? No, he I won, and then they like overturned it or something, didn't they? Oh, I don't know. Russia is insanity anyway. But or yeah. maybe they never overturned it. Maybe it was they talked about overturning. I don't know if they ever did. I still, I think, yeah, I still think he won the fight at the end. It would have should have been a draw, but he did win the the, the second and third round. Though, in fairness, so you know. But I think Mitrion, <laughs> Mitrion hits harder than uh, than Maldonado. Uh, Fedor was a great fighter, probably you know one of the top three best fighters in the history of MMA. But 
just I can't see him I can't see him being Mitrion to be honest but I'm looking forward to it it should be a good fight and that first fight back I don't know it was his second fight back but his first real fight back you know he fought some box car Willie in his first fight back you know who never fought in his life before but yeah <laughs> uh, it, it could be a bit better but I doubt it um, what about Jalen Vanderle Che looked absolutely horrendous in his last fight. Vanderlei hasn't fought in, since running away from yeah. the piss test a few years ago. Yeah, um, hard to know. It's really hard to know. Uh, well, 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 I'd like to see what shape Wanderlei's in <laughs> before uh, before uh, I make my decision on who's going to win this one. Yeah, what is it? Two o five or one eighty? It's surely two o five. Two o five. Two o five. I don't know really. Yeah, uh, you're like we're buying. You're buying that card basically. For crack, do you know it's good crack? But the top two fights are good crack, and the the, the other fights King Mo and Bader. Good. Well, that's a, King that's Bader, yeah. The the one that I predicted uh, before it happened. Yeah, that's a good fight. Um, Mo will probably find it hard. Mo will probably find it hard to push Bader against Vince and take him down like he does to most yeah. people. If you can frustrate, if you can frustrate Bader by kind of just waiting for him to come forward, he he does kind of he has been known to to kind of get antsy and end up putting himself in a bad position Machida yeah yeah Machida and uh, I think there was a couple others over the years yeah that um, could happen but Bader's hands are very good though as well and Mo has been knocked out a few times you know um, so yeah could... Mo fights so, so much that uh, <laughs> that uh, yeah it's it's a tough, difficult schedule that Mo's been on you posted a useless fact of the day there the other day what was it yeah since Mo and Rampage fought the first time Rampage has fought twice and Mo has fought ten times yeah. So yeah, that's he just certainly does fight a lot. Right, uh, Machida against um, James Gallar. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's, it's good matchmaking. I think it's a it's it's a, it's a guy with, with seven MMA fights against a guy with six MMA fights. I know um, Machida or Jinzo Machida is forty years old and he's he's been a, been around for a while. But he took a he took a break. I think of a, of a couple of years after he lost a couple of bouts. Uh, Early on, he lost uh, 2006, and 2000, 2006 he lost uh, by choke, and then took a four year four year break, and came back and lost the decision, and then took another three year break. And since he came back from from that, he's won all of, all his fights, and uh, uh, three knockouts and one decision. So he's definitely really dangerous on the feet. But I think he still is. Uh, even it's hard to know because it's so long ago. But I, I, I'd have to assume that he's uh, vulnerable on the ground. He he was taken down a few times in in the. The fights he's had in Bellator and Orfei, so uh, I think it's a nice style matchup for James. If he can, if he can get it to the ground, he should be able to get the submission handily enough for somebody of, of his level on the ground. Yeah, I think it's perfect, perfect matchmaking. To be honest, um, Gunner needs a push, a push forward. Like he, he's a prospect, but he's a guy that can rise quickly. You know, in that division, and the kind of a guy that could be a big draw for him going forward. And he's just kind of taken care of the guys so easily so far that he's fought that he does he does need that push. Uh, and I think Machida is a push, but not too much of a push. And I think it's it's very good. As I said, perfect matchmaking. As you said there, the yeah, it's good to use the Machida name as well. Even it is, yeah. It is. The Machidas aren't terrible on the ground. Obviously, he's been caught there before. But Galar should have should have a big advantage there um, in the striking as well. It'd be a good test for Galar striking. You know, that's kind of a thing that we've all been talking about over over the last year or two. 
Uh, will it come on? Has it come on? It looks like it's been coming on a little bit, but we haven't seen obviously much of it over the last couple of fights. They've ended quickly enough or, or gone to the ground for most of them. We saw a little bit, and he's fighting over in London there, and it wasn't you know it wasn't the best. But um, as I said, same with Paddy Pimblet, improvements, improvements. That's going to be the same with James Gallagher. What's he only yeah. twenty now or something like that? So yeah, exactly. He's going to be improving uh, all the time. There was talks of him fighting uh, Pico. <laughs> Uh, he's a different weight class and he's never fought I don't know where that like, I think I don't know what that where that came from that would have been <laughs> ridiculous like putting Pico in against Gallagher I know Pico's a, a wrestling you know star what would it be this, 155 though like it doesn't even make possibly. sense but what's Pico going to do take him down and get choked out like he's never fought in his life before he's a wrestler like you know yeah like what are you think what have, you, what have you think of either of them I think you know James Gallagher mm. on the ground against someone who's never fought before is going to be very very dangerous for that guy so yeah, yeah. that's I don't Shinzo uh, I, I'm obviously no uh, karate expert but apparently I've, I've heard a lot of people say that Shinzo Machido was the, was the better of the two karate artists between the Machida brothers so he's definitely very dangerous on the feet and it would be uh, in James's interest to, to go for that takedown early and at least make Shinzo think about the takedown even if he's, he doesn't get the, the initial takedown just to to take him out of his game a bit, because if you let him start striking, uh, it could be it could be bad news. Yeah, hundred percent right. Should be a should be a good fight. though looking forward to that, and hopefully Paul Ribbon has been looking for a fight against uh, Ryan Couture in that card. So hopefully that happens. Yeah, Ryan Give Couture said he's up for it as well. So yeah. make it happen, Scott and Rich Choi. Yeah, give it all tweet lads. Tweet it out. Help, uh, try it again. You know the fans want it. They'll you know they'll yeah. get it a lot of times. We Neil Siri needs an excuse to to let his wife or for his wife to let him to go to New York. So yeah, get exactly. on it for Siri, even if you don't like Reds. Or Remember that time I got Neil Siri into the UFC. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that time. Remember that. It was yeah. all you. It was, it was all you. All me. It was all. Who else did I get? Yeah, I got could, could he, he couldn't. He couldn't even throw a punch before you. You. No. Beating, you know. Garrett. Garrett Davis. Is that it? <laughs> that? that was hilarious. Was it? Was it? He said, did he say he couldn't punch or he was crap at the ground? I can't remember. Which one was it? Um, I think he said he's yeah, he's no ground game. Yeah, was even it? though he yeah. clearly does. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I think I think no, I think it was the other way around. I don't was know. It? I can't remember. I, yeah, I think he said he could. He was. It could have been no yeah. Garrett. He's, he's he's known for a few faux pas. <laughs> he's probably never still seen him fight. <laughs> no, <Garrett. laughs> for the time over and over. He's still emotional uh, after Cody Cody Garbrandt and his kid in the in the ring after winning yeah. the belt. He's still emotional about that. That, that du- Dublin card. Which one was it? Uh, he showed up like ten minutes before the main event and sat in the <laughs> sat in the media room, not Press even wa- not even watching it. Like what a man. Uh, but yeah anyway I digress let's move on so to UFC 210 which is coming up this weekend I'll have my preview out for it um, soon touch what she wins there or something before we get to the main event a couple of the big fights Caitlin Chuchkagan against Irina Aldana should be a good fight on the, the fight pass prelims Pat Cummins against Jan Blakovic should be a grinder maybe not the best fight in the world but if you like sweaty sweaty men that should be fun for you Charles Rosas against Shane Burgos love Charles Rosas one of the most exciting ground fighters in the UFC Cameroon Usman big prospect as well against Sean Strickland another good guy Miles Jory is back Will Brooks taking on Charles Oliveira how'd you see that one going Will Brooks Charles Oliveira yeah um, it's hard to know with Oliveira because he's he's very inconsistent and if it starts going against him, he kind of he kind of gives up a little. But I don't know. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling uh, Oliveira is going to win this one. To be honest, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I, I Will Brooks has kind of flattered to deceive since. Coming I think I prefer Oliveira fifty uh, one fifty five. I think at forty five he just doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, 
he's a tall guy he's a big frame like and maybe the weight cut is, is taking too much out of him but it's, it's a very close fight like uh, I was very high on Will Brooks before um, before he came to the UFC but he's he's looked he's tired he gets tired in all his fights and he just I don't know um if if you make a little mistake on the ground against Oliveira, he he'll he'll turn it into submission, and I'd probably go with Oliveira in this one to be honest. Yeah, I think I'll go Will Brooks. Even though every time we do this, your fighter wins, so I'd probably go back <laughs> Oliveira if I was but the cool, the the cool on Will yeah. Brooks, the cooler. I was never. I just I'm never a big fan of Oliveira to be honest. I don't know. I I always think he's going to lose, but there's some fighters like that with me. I'm I'm just a bit of a weirdo. Uh, Tiago yeah, Alves against yeah he is Tiago Alves against Patrick Cote. I, I I think I'd favor Cote in that one. I think I think Cote's wrestling has improved an awful lot over the last while. I think he could, he could take him down. Yeah. Tiago Alves obviously going to kick his legs really hard and punch him in the face really hard as well. But he tends to tire a little bit as well. Would you? I don't know if his leg kicks are even that. He's he's regressed as a fighter over the years. Yeah. Uh, Tiago Alves. He's just gotten. He was such a good prospect, and he just seems to have gotten slowly worse <laughs> somehow. I don't know what's going on. But I think Patrick Cote is kind of the opposite then I think he's gotten yeah. better as he's gotten older he was good when he was young but then he's, he's kind of on the come up again but yeah that no one wouldn't be a bad one Cynthia Calvillo is taking on Pearl Gonzalez Cynthia was very very impressive in her last fight she only fought what I think it was at two, UFC 209 or something like that recently very very impressive on the ground uh, was was very yeah, good so I'm looking forward to yeah yeah 100% yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her again alright then we get to the, the comment event Chris Weidman against uh, Musasi yeah how just that one? Go? Yeah, it is a tough one. It, you know, Weidman. It's, it's hard to know. Two two heavy heavy knockouts in a row didn't leave much time between either of them, and not leaving much time again for this one against yeah. Musasi, who's who's been on a roll lately. He, he didn't. He didn't just take like he didn't just get TKO'd in them fights, as, as mm-hmm. it says on the record. He, he got destroyed in that Rockall fight in in over two over like a five minute period of just repeatedly getting blasted in the face, and then he got brutally kneed in the head with Romero. So, how long ago was that? Actually, let me check. How long has he been out? Like, you want to take a bit of a break after that, like? Not that long. Romero, that Romero fight. When was that? You'll see two or two or something like that. Like that, that Luke Rockwell fight, especially as well. That's like one of the closest fights I've ever seen someone come to death in the UFC. Like he was getting smashed his face into the canvas. Like that should have been stopped like three or four minutes before it was stopped. It went into the next round and all, and he took yeah. more and more damage. You know, coming back so quickly after that, and then getting your head kneed off against Joel Romero as well. That was yeah. That was so Alvarez and McGregor card, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah so that was too much. Uh, November, middle of November. So what he's had, or was it December? When no, it was November, so he's had December, January, February, March. It's not very long for for. Yeah, uh, I probably I probably lean towards Musasi. He seems to be putting it together better. Musasi, a lot of the times in the past, he kind of be a bit passive and end up end up drawn with Keith Jardine or these weird fights where nothing really happens. But. um just because of the damage Chris Weidman's been taking, is, I, like Chris Weidman's, I, I would have picked Chris Weidman over over Masasi before these two fights, um, pretty handily. But I, I think that changes it. That that beating he um, to, that beating he took against Rockall especially changes it. it. Takes a while to recover from that, if if ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've basically said there what I've written in my uh, my preview. I think before. Bought in their prime, I think Weidman wins this fight, but now I think it's it's pretty even. I'm still just leaning slightly towards Weidman. Weidman, um, Musasi's wrestling is something that's very underrated. Himself and Glover Teixeira, I think, are kind of 
similar in in that in that aspect. Glover Teixeira is obviously more of a, a knockout artist, but they're good technically on the feet and with very very good wrestling, underrated wrestling. But I think against uh, Chris Weidman, maybe that wrestling won't tell as much. And when he doesn't have that wrestling to go to, is the striking gonna stand up against someone who hits very hard? We know, you know we know how hard Weidman hits. Weidman wasn't looking too bad against Yoel Romero. I think he was. It was probably one round apiece or something like that when it, when he went into the third when he got his head knocked off. Um, and obviously that's going to be hard to recover from as well. But I don't know. I just fancy the, maybe the power of Weidman, especially with this new scoring now, where the power shots score more. I could see Musasi like winning, you know, winning three or four minutes of the round, and then Weidman landed one big shot, maybe putting him back up against the fence or something, and winning the round because of that, yeah. and maybe getting a takedown as well. So yeah, I don't this know. fight could go several different ways. It yeah, could. It could. It's very interesting. Yeah. I think you're right. I think uh, Wyman will have the the advantage in the wrestling, but uh, I don't know if it'll if it'll be. I think it might turn into a striking match, and I think uh, I, I think after all that damage, and I think also when you're an undefeated fighter, you kind of have this extra belief and mm-hmm. that he doesn't have anymore. I think a number of factors, including not taking enough of a break after two brutal beatings, is why I'll lean Misasi. But yeah, there's definitely several like. Uh, Weidman could win he could win all the methods of victory he could win a decision a submission or a knockout Like so it, he definitely has many a path to victory but I'm, I'm going with Sassy yeah should be a fun one right the main event Daniel Cormier against uh, Anthony Johnson I suppose before we, we talk about that maybe we'll talk about the first time they fought where Johnson hurt Cormier early and ended up getting submitted in the what was it the third round or something like that uh, after Cormier kind of caught him took him down and really beat the spirit out of him you know you know, just beat the fight out of him really and, and, and won the fight I think there was a fundamental mistake in this from Anthony uh, in the first fight from Anthony Johnson where he had Cormier hurt and he went for the kill but he went for the kill in a way that he didn't give himself space he got right in on top of Cormier gave him chance to give him a chance to catch him and really that was the end of the fight Cormier caught him and he didn't kind of let go for the next whatever it was two or three rounds and beat Johnson I think if he can fix that and if he can hurt Cormier early not jump into range hit him with a couple of jabs keep hitting him and finish him slowly I think Johnson can win the fight but you're looking at it from the other other side Cormier what he has to do is weather that early Sam get through the first two rounds and he'll more than likely win after that but I'm very excited for that first round I think Anthony Johnson's improved an awful lot working with Neil Melanson one of the best uh, you know kind of grappling jiu-jitsu wrestling, wrestling coaches in the world especially for big guys people wax lyrical about him all, all the time I think his precision striking has improved and he, we know his power unbelievable you know he's working with Henry Hooft so I'm really really looking forward to this fight another thing too Cormier a lot of injuries a lot of pullouts getting on in age will he be the same fighter not sure I, I'm, I'm picking Anthony Johnson first round knockout boom I thought I was going to be controversial and pick Anthony Johnson but uh, <laughs> I have a feeling Anthony Johnson will win but I'm, obviously there's loads of medals of victory for Cormier as well because a very worrying thing for Johnson is like in the last Cormier fight when his corner is shouting to him don't you give up don't, yeah, don't give quit. up that's, yeah. that's that's worrying but obviously he's been trying to address that with his uh, with his um, as you are saying with his grappling uh, improving his grappling but like Vitor choked him but like, he has he has a he, if if he doesn't get the, if he doesn't get them initially, he has a tendency to kind of to kind of give up or yeah. 
not fight as hard as he could. So that'll be worrying. But I, uh, uh, his power is so good. And his takedown defense early in fights, the first round or two, is very, very good. So obviously Cormier likes to push people up against the cage and doesn't even necessarily... necessarily if the takedown's not there, he's happy enough to just grind away against the cage with dirty boxing and tiring you out, which is, which is a good tactic against Johnson. But uh, I think Johnson's going to catch him and uh, TKO him in the first or the second. I think, I think he's going to knock him out cold with an uppercut in the first round boom <laughs> there you go that's my prediction but uh, yeah it should be should be a fun fight really looking forward to that um, I suppose we'll talk hopefully, about hopefully uh, Dorian Cormier makes it to the, to the fight Jesus yeah oh god don't, don't do it to me don't do it to me uh, we'll talk about what's coming next I suppose next week with, with John Jones and Manawan everything like that uh, so we, we leave that till next week yeah but it should be it should be a really really fun fight and one I'm looking forward to on pay-per-view this weekend. Um, let me just check our notes here, see if we have anything else to talk about before we get to the um, the, the, the questions. Oh yeah, Conor McGregor got let off while we were in the two weeks. Let off by the Nevada Static. Well, not let off. He was down to 25k. He's, he's still screwed, but yeah, it's still a ridiculous fine. But yeah, yeah, 25k 25 and 25 hours community still service. Yeah. Deep, but it seems like a like. Was dropping the ocean now after the original original uh, fine and ban or under community service, but it's still a bit outrageous, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's all right. Well, he did throw a lot of cans and stuff as well and smash like smash them into people and things. So there had to there had to be some bit of a fine, but yeah. He was thrown on the stone cold. Have you not seen the footage? And uh, I made that footage, and people <laughs> fucking stole it off me. Well, I I said the idea, but yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was, I thought it was alright. It wasn't too bad. There was an Invicta card as well, pretty enjoyable card. Um, Tanya Avenger won won that rematch uh, in not, not a great fight, but she she got the finish in that one. Do you think she should sign for UFC, or do you think? What do you think? Um, well, they're gonna need people for the division, so yeah, I think I think I think she probably should, or the UFC should probably sign her. Um, Cyborg's obviously left now, so what's really left in Invicta for these people or these 145 pound women? Um, Cyborg was always the kind of out- well, she's 135. Oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus! I thought she was at 145. Something. But she, yeah, she has. I think she's fought at 145 before. She said she'd fight at 145, but yeah, I think she, she, she could has, fight yeah. Her, yeah. But she's 135 champion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think they should just they should bring over. Uh, if they're going to do the, the 145 pound division. Um, bring over people that maybe even people that can fight in both divisions like like Holly Holm and the randomy you don't necessarily have to be you just basically want to get Cyborg three fights a year and it doesn't really matter who it's against people just want to see Cyborg I think yeah 100% right let's get on to the questions um, first as always Mr. Bodge at one Mr. Bodge um, Scott Coker announced that the Bellator pay-per-view is going to be fifty dollars forty nine ninety five. how many buys do you think you can get uh, probably around two hundred thousand. Because Scott Cooker said that would be a success. Um, did he, yeah, he did. Yeah, he Chelsea Sonnen said the first pay per view got two hundred eighty thousand, and Scott Cooker kind of laughed no, at that afterwards. No, it didn't. But that was a bit got of less than hundred thousand. No, he said it got Scott Cooker said it got over a hundred thousand. Um, oh. but yeah, I think at the time it was. People had said that it hadn't even hit a hundred thousand, but maybe yeah, it was readjusted it, numbers. I think it was just about honest, yeah. I, um, I think it does okay, to be honest. I think Chael will sell it. You know, I think 
once Chael and Vanderlei get head to head you know Chael's with ESPN see a lot of that footage that, though a lot of the good footage of yeah a lot of the good footage of Chael and, and Wanderlei is from the ultimate fighter but um, the UFC probably won't be wanting to give that up to support a Bellator pay-per-view but you never know the WME might, might sell it for a licensing fee but they were using some uh, what was the footage they were using recently of, of uh, oh, Strikeforce yeah, they were using Strikeforce strike footage yeah. so so I don't but, know how that happened when UFC owned um, library, but no, they don't. So it's UFC owned it, but uh, Showtime. Showtime also owned it. I think, yeah. Mm, okay, okay, so that makes more sense. Yeah. What, so did, it, what did you think of the, the whole press conference thing where uh, Vanderlei was breathing heavy? Did you see it? Vanderlei breathing heavy in jail, talking to no, shoe and all. No, that. no. Oh, you have to watch it. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Niall McGrath was being an old curmudgeon. He didn't like it as well, but it was fucking gas. Yeah, no. <laughs> If you ever see Noel comment on Reddit, just downvote no matter what. Downvote it all the time, yeah. Vanderlei wasn't at it right. <laughs> he was he was on um he was on Skype, but he was he was like fucking <laughs> 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 press conference breathing really hard and Matt Mitrion just started pissing himself laughing up on the stage. Oh, it was hilarious. And then Chael started talking to Shu and Chael was like, Call me Mr. Sonnen and all this and it was it was just hilarious. I I've always been a big Chael fan. It's it's very funny, and people are like, "Oh, he's got the same old lines coming out over again." Yeah, so does the fucking Rock, and the Undertaker is still doing the last ride and all. He's this is fucking, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Chael Sonnen is like. Do people not realize that? Oh, he's doing the same lines. Yeah, can you smell what the Rock is cooking? Yeah, Chael just go. just go over. If, if he loses one leg, you should just go to pro wrestling. Just just go to pro wrestling and be a pro wrestler. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, for Art Falcone, is Paddy Pimblet overrated? A lot of people don't rate him. A lot of people rate him. Um, how would you say he's rated? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a very odd thing because who's rating him? Like, I think I think he's still. If you're, if I was rating him, I'd say he's still a huge prospect. So, is that overrated? I don't think it is. Like. Could he beat guys in the UFC? Yes, he could. Could he beat the top guys? I don't think so at the moment. No. So maybe yeah, like if you're looking, I can beat the top guys in the UFC though, you know. Yeah, that's true. But if you're Paddy Pimblett, in fairness, now he did interviews and he said I can beat Artem Abov, I can beat Conor McGregor, and all this. So if you're rating him on that, then he is overrated. But if you're rating him in reality, I don't think he. From me anyway, he isn't. Now some people might say he is like the crowd reaction and stuff. Does does he deserve that hype? Oh, well, I hate that word hype, but does he deserve that following for his ability at the moment? Probably not, but that isn't life. Isn't it's fair. Like, that, no, though, it's not yeah. about just ability. It's exactly, a whole package. Yeah, it's a whole package, and he's an interesting guy, and people get behind him or hate him or they they react to him in some way. So he's he gets people emotionally invested. Um, it's not his fault that he's got a big following. Well, it is his fault, like you know, but it's not a it's not a bad thing on him that he's that he's amassed a big following. That that's good. Like he he seems to understand that he's a private contractor and he's he's got to make shit happen for himself. A lot of fighters don't seem to understand that. Mm-hmm. Or they just try to act like they try to act like Conor McGregor or Chael Sonnen, but it's not them, and people just see straight through it, and then it just doesn't work. So you just he's being himself, and people are reacting negatively or positively towards it, and that's fine. Uh, uh, having hype isn't isn't like a a problem. Like it isn't like oh he shouldn't have this hype. He doesn't deserve it. He's 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 made the hype himself. Like if you have it, you deserve it. it. Like if yeah, you, you know. Okay, let's move on. Um, at PT Zealer, should Pimblet move to lightweight? Looked a very tough cut and looked bloated. Um, no, I don't think so. No, I think featherweight's all right. Yeah, he'd be, pretty, he'd be a small lightweight. 
a lot of people have questioned uh, like his his physique and stuff that maybe I don't know maybe he's training his off or something nah, not me obviously I wouldn't know much about that but I've seen other people do it and stuff so maybe there's a thing about that maybe he can get his strength and conditioning up to peak and stuff I think he t- he spoke to Pizzi before and said he was he was getting on that but since the last fight so maybe you know what is it like two or three or four months since the last fight so that's yeah. it takes, it takes, it takes a little longer, longer than, than a few that. weeks to sort yeah. out things like you say yeah. yeah so maybe he's on that already but yeah I uh, you know, just with the naked eye, he didn't look. Uh, you know, he didn't look an unbelievable, phenomenal, one hundred and forty-five pound shape. You know, for a guy who should have a big cut, but uh, you know, hopefully he's working on that, and that should be something. Should be something that will improve also. Uh, Nate Gildea at Nate Gildea, true or false? Will any will Bellator sign any one of these fighters in the list this year? Okay, first one, Joe Duffy. It's a very close one, but I'd lean false. I'm going to say false as well Paddy Pimblett Bellator um, False I'm going to say true There you go Gegard Musasi False True He's on his last fight of his contract Marlon Marais He's already done that thing of, of being in the other promotion I think I think he kind of He's happy to be in the U. Seems happy in the U. C. Seems uh, more outgoing and the happiest he's ever been in his career. But obviously, money talks, and if he gets a bigger money contract, it could quickly change the true. Yeah, uh, Marmaris. No, I think he signs for um, for uh, the UFC. We have a few more questions there. Brian Cullen uh, about the Bellator prep. Have you answered that already? I've asked and I got no answer. Uh, a few more from Frogmore and Sean DZ Bateman as well about Paddy Pimblett. We answered him already. Andy Stevenson, James Gallagher versus Paddy Pimblett to happen in a packed out football stadium in the next five years. What do you think? I'd have to go false. I'd have to go false. Soccer stadium. Yeah. Where would it be? No roof. F- fuck Cardiff. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. fucking hilarious. Uh, Kevin Hegan asked about Bama fights. We we talked about that earlier on, none yet, but we named a few that we'd like. Okay, here's one from Johnny Byrne. What's your favorite NBA, NFL, and soccer team outside the Premier League? NBA for us. What's your favorite NBA team? Um, I don't really follow NBA. Um, I like LeBron um, because yeah. I've watched documentaries of him since he was in college and stuff. Me too. But uh, I'm not I'm not too attached to any basketball team or player. I follow whatever team LeBron is playing for. I saw at the moment Cleveland Cavaliers, but I followed um, Miami Heat in the past and Cleveland Cavaliers before that as well. So I just basically follow him. NFL team, what team do you follow? The Vikings. I follow the Green Bay Packers. I'm actually wearing a Green Bay Packers t-shirt as we speak. Soccer team, soccer team outside of the Premier League? Um, <clears throat> St. Pat's. Fuck's sake. I like, um, I like Athletic Bilbao. I like the fact that they have all Basque players and they don't have any anything else and they're still they've never been relegated from the Premier League. So that's that's pretty fun. What's your favourite MLS team? Let's go with that one. Yeah. Huh? Same pants, I said. MLS, I said. Oh MLS. Uh, mm. Jesus. Uh, I've no attachment to any of them. I don't I know what they're called. LA Galaxy, I know that they're called LA Galaxy, but yeah. I don't like them in any way. I like um <laughs> Oh, that green team. What are they called? Fucking, they're really good support. Oh, I can't think of them. Doesn't matter. Uh, Amy McLean, the fucking enemy of the podcast. Thoughts on Liverpool clinching Champion League spot and United get stuck playing the likes of Legia Warsaw on a Thursday night. Leeds are in the Champions or in the Europa League. 
Anyway, yeah. Do you want to answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> Tots and Liverpool. They're all Liverpool. Yeah, 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 fucking, don't care to chickens. Yeah, don't care to chickens. Yes, plenty of time. Million days still in goal. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Uh, sim on around. There's always hope for anybody. Gareth Gargan asked about UFC 210. We talked about that. Up the Dars. Does Paddy Pimblet beat any UFC featherweight on last night's showing? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Right? We said that before. There's a lot of bad UFC oh, featherweights. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Andy Hall asks You're a matchmaker. Match up fights for these in 2018. Nick Diaz. <sighs> um, hmm. Rob, Rob, if I'm the matchmaker, just do what I want. Um, no. Um. Conor McGregor. Nate Diaz. Um, hmm, uh, Tony Ferguson. Mm, Edson Barboza for me. Ronda Rousey. Mm, Juliana Pena. That's a tough one. Um, they're probably... Or, well, what would, what would I do? Yeah, it doesn't matter what they do. Uh Raquel Pennington Robbie Lawler Robbie Lawler um, hmm. that's a tough one as well you could give him Wonderboy mm, yeah Robbie Lawler Gunnar Nelson how about that be alright yeah that'd be good Wonderboy and Gunnar Nelson no. make that happen that's a fact uh, Nick Lear again Sean Ritt Pit Bollocks' cameo out of 10 and from Wrestlemania uh, Zero What do you call it? Pit, pit, pit Bull was on it but <laughs> pit, they booed the shit of him he called him Pit Bollocks someone called him Pit Bullshit last night which I who is he? I, I liked that. Pit Bull do you know that singer? no you don't know Pit Bull? no, no. Jesus I think so um I thought you were talking about one of the particular butters. <laughs> no, no, no. Bitch, I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> there's so many pit bulls. Um, da, 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 da. Jin Millsap asks about making our matchmaking our dream card. We just did that with a couple of fights. Okay, the main event. If you, we'll just go to main event. If you could have one main event on an MMA card, best in the world, one what would it be? Um, hmm. Um, hmm. I would like to see Conor McGregor and GSP if GSP could beat Bisbing, but beating Bisbing is going to be tough as well. Jose Aldo, Khabib, Habib Nurmagomedov. They're never going to do it though. We can't have nice things. I don't care. I just want to. See <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best fight in the UFC. But no. yeah, I agree. Okay, three more. Uh, Yuck, at ISEH underscore with his journey to the top done is the era of Conor McGregor over as anything but free fights and potential draws promotional draws sorry the era of Conor McGregor over do you think he goes back in and like do you think he goes back and fights the likes of Barboza and Ferguson like that or is it going to be all big fights like um, what if they get themselves into the position he's not going to uh, I don't think he's going to go out of his way to, to fight these guys if, if they can't draw He's going to look yeah. at the numbers and all that and to make sure it's worthwhile. Um, well, you're kind of agreeing with him, so on what he's saying. The era of Conor McGregor being over, though, kind of is... No, but the era the of Conor McGregor as anything but big promotional fights, like, is the era of him building up a division, you know, taking on all challengers? Is that over? Um, 
Hmm, probably. probably. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm never too sure. All challengers, like yeah, that doesn't really happen. Like it happened with GSP and Anderson, but that's it. That is true, girls. Yeah, Mighty Mouse as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, come back to me in a year. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if he fights Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather is going to be big to see to see what happens. Like, yeah. he'll definitely be fighting much in MMA if he has a bout with Floyd. If he comes back from that, I think he'll probably come back for for a few fights. Like, so, but if he doesn't come back from that, he might never come back. But we'll we'll see. We'll see how these things play out. Right? Uh, do you believe in Bigfoot from Naked Day again? No. Uh, Gigantopithecus is real, Graham. Let's be honest here. No, I don't believe in Bigfoot. Uh, right, Jack Durgis and Patrick Sheehan kind of double teamed on a question here. Uh, Patrick asks, I think it was him anyway. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, do you think Cody's chances? Uh, what do you think Cody's chances of are, are are of winning the three belts? He talked about winning three belts at one twenty five, one thirty five, one forty five, and Jack Durgis asked in. He said he don't, doesn't think DJ would take the fight. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think DJ would take the fight for the right money. Uh, I don't know if Cody can make 125 comfortably uh, without being massively affected by it. But uh, if it was at 135, I'd definitely pick Cody to win that fight. Um, hmm. Uh, I don't think 45. It's going to be very difficult for Cody at 45 as well. Um, I don't think he'll be three division champion now. Um, I find this one weird, right? Because I I don't know if he can make one twenty five. I think he probably could. He said he could anyway. So maybe I'd love to see that that fight against Mighty Mouse. I think TJ making it is one thing, but then you make it and you look like Pettis or you look like whatever yeah. you know. You look like you're you too much weight. I think TJ Dillashaw beats Cody. Uh, TJ and that that John Lineker fight was just disgustingly good. Like I've never seen anything like that. He was just but look on at Cody against Dominic Cruz. Yeah, the, like this is a huge fight. We spoke about it the last the last fight, podcast. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's one of the top two or three best fights that can be made in the UFC today. And it's unbelievable. I, I I've actually I've it. got a question for you. Go on. I've got a question for you. Will you watch Tough this season? I uh, there was only one or two seasons I didn't watch it, so I will watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested in this one. To be honest, yeah, I didn't watch the season where it was the two Florida camps against each other, and I didn't watch another one around that. But it was oh, always yeah. I actually stopped watching that halfway through. I just kind of forgot about it. It went on like a three week break, and then I just kind of my my series link was gone on my Skybox, and it was just the end of it. <laughs> I, watched, I think I watched the first half the first episode or something and just like I can't do this anymore and just stopped but like there's always kind of an Irish interest in it you know Pindred and, and Fields were on it and then Paddy Hoolan was on one and then Ashling Daly was on one Norman, yeah. or was Paddy Hoolan Paddy Hoolan was wasn't yeah Paddy he? was on one yeah, and he lost in the the, oh, yeah, the thing the fight to get into the house yeah and then Conor McGregor and Artem Lobov were on it and you know that was kind of there's always kind of something drawn us in to watch it you know and what, what was the last one the last one or there was the the women's one then for the belt and then there was the the 125 pound one which was really good you know so they've been doing things recently yeah. which are making they have been mixing it up it did it did get stale and people said it got stale and in fairness they, they have mixed it up people were calling for a second comeback season for since the first comeback season so um, yeah at least, they're, at least they're trying to mix it up it was it was very samey samey uh, after like what 20 seasons of, of the same thing yeah, let me bang, bro. That's all I'll say about it. <laughs> let me bang. Julian Lane is back, isn't he? He is, yeah. Can't wait. 
That's all I'm watching it for, let's be honest here. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that's another uh, another week of MMA, Severe MMA podcast in the books. As I say, go over to the website, check out all the interviews from Cage Warriors. My preview will be up on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, all that good stuff. Check out Talking Brawls on Thursday or Friday whenever it's out. Uh, give us give us a tweet out, Facebook it, tag us in it, we'll retweet it, all that good stuff. Follow at Severe MMA Pod. Tweet your questions for next week. You can tweet them there all week. We'll keep them. Follow Graham at Severe MMA. Follow me at Sean Sheehan BA. Go over to Instagram as well. Follow the Severe MMA account. I'm running that these days. We're putting up all good pictures, old from the Severe archives and things like that. So give that a follow. Follow us on Facebook and all those good places, right? Another week in the books, Graham. Enjoy it. How are uh, anything coming up this week? Yeah. Do you want to tell us about? Um, no, we can do a little bit, little bit more football talk before we go, if you want. No thanks. No, I've <laughs> enough of that. Now. Game is gone. Game is gone. Limerick won the quarter final of the All Ireland hurling league yesterday against Cork, so oh, yeah. that was that was very good. Delighted with that. So great, great sporting weekend. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you prick. Uh, there's actually Cage Legacy is coming back to, to Cork in uh, oh, yeah. is it June or July. Yeah, so that should be fun. Battles on or you June. Can, you, can, you can go cover that for us. I wouldn't even have to go. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be the regrets for doing interviews. And I don't like to talk to you. Guys, you know. <laughs> Battles on are coming back. Bam are well, coming well, back. We'll, so we'll send the Undertaker down with you. It's in the other day. It's going to be a big June and July there for uh, Irish MMA. So that's, uh, that's fun. But yeah, let's do it. Before we go, the inspirational quote, as always, thanks for tuning in. Sorry for being off last week, but we're back with a bang this week. And this one, it all kind of falls into it. Inspirational quote for the week. Don't count the days. Make the days count. We'll see you next week. <laughs>